Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by Spry Therapeutics, products that I've been using and loving for the last few years. Using innovative technologies, Spry pillows are the first and only truly clean pillow. Using patented Numa Pure Filter technology, the Spry Pure Pillow blocks viruses, including coronavirus, bacteria, sweat, allergens, and more from hiding in your pillow. Perfect for asthma or allergy sufferers, those with weakened immune systems, or those like me who just want a clean sleeping environment. Sleep well and clean with Spry. Use code LITFRIEND to receive a 20% discount. Welcome to Friday with Friends. I have Kate Hancock on with me today. She is an international speaker, a serial entrepreneur, mom of two amazing boys, and she's been called the pivot queen. We talked about how she started off in business with $20 in her pocket and grew it to over a million in one year. Kate shares some of her own secrets, tips, and techniques, and it was a joy to talk with her. Welcome, Kate. So glad to have you on the podcast today. I'm so honored to be here, Laura. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I, um, I'm intrigued by all that you've done. I first learned about you on Clubhouse, and then I started diving deeper into all the things you've done. You are a serial entrepreneur, and I love how, an international speaker, and I love how you said that um, you're known as the pivot queen. So backing up a bit, can you speak about your initial foray into business? Yeah, I, uh, Laura, I grew up in the Philippines, this tiny island called Kamigin, south of Manila. And I actually started working at very early stage, as early as 12. So my grandmother has a secret recipe and my job was to clean a hundred molds every day. So <laughs> I have to clean the molds every day. And, uh, as a kid, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I want to work, but not all the time, right? I was 12 and um, we didn't have really much. I grew up really poor and uh, my, actually my aunt scaled up business and, uh, you know, made it an enterprise from a small store. So that really gave me motivation and confidence. Like, well, if they were able to make it, I can do it my own and so that really shaped my work ethics, but I wasn't happy working early morning and have all that task all the time. And I feel like I'm missing all my, a lot of my childhood where a lot of my friends could go play and I have to go to work. So 
there's a lot of <laughs> resentment and, and, and happiness at the same time because I learn how to maximize my time and know what hard work as, as early as 12. That really helps, I think. I think that people that really make it are not afraid of hard work, whether they've had it in their background or it's just kind of hardwired. You know, as I know, when you are an entrepreneur, that hard work is necessary. But of course, directing it in the way that you want to direct it, making the hours that you want to make. So what was your first personal um, venture into entrepreneurship? It sounds like you you started off with not a lot of money, and then you very quickly grew that business into something that was much more money. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I... I have all these different jobs when I move, you know, in the U.S. And eventually, I was selling the skincare at Costco all over Costco nationwide. And it was a boring day. It was in Austin, Texas. I started scanning stuff online to Amazon with my $20. So I listed stuff, any clearance items at Costco, any items that ends with zero or nine, that's clearance item at Costco. One manager told me that. So I listed stuff online. Online and I sold, I think, two that de- that same day. So I bought a box and a tape with my twenty dollars, and at twenty dollars, I scaled it to a million after a year, and an eight figure after four years. Oh wow! So how did you do that? Was was it more about um, like advertising? Was it more finding the the market to serve? Can you can you speak to that? Because I'm sure people are like. Yeah, so not at all. Um, it was all through Amazon. So at that time, this was in 2012. On Amazon, you can list an item even though you don't have it. So I don't really need a capital. I will only buy the product when someone buys uh, the product. Yes, yes, you yes. You get that? So that's how I was able to roll the money. And I was able to scale it fast. And I was working... In my garage, 24 hours out, Laura, I was obsessed. I've never had, I've never made that much money, right? It was like, I can never take for granted this opportunity. Like, I was able to pay my credit card debt, which not a lot, but I was like, I was like, I was literally addicted and obsessed about it. I mean, this is, uh, I would never get this opportunity ever. So I made it work. And that obsession, really made it to an eight That's incredible. Business. And so where did you go from there? Obviously, you didn't stick with just Amazon. How did you decide to, to go into other markets? Yeah, well, I'm seeing... I know it's not going to last forever. I'm seeing a lot of red flags while doing business with Amazon. I mean, my account gets suspended here and there. And I know it's not going to be a long term. You know, you, you do business with Amazon. You don't really own the traffic. You don't really own your customer. You're doing business with Amazon. They own the real estate, right? So I was... That business actually... La- I mean, I, I lost it in 2018, a day before our wedding, actually. just spend my account, throw half a million dollar worth of my products to the trash. It was mm. painful. And yeah, so like overnight, I could not get my account back. And I have... I'm stuck with inventory in my garage, in my warehouse. So it was brutal times of my life, but I was able to reinvest with a day spa in Orange County. I was able to invest in Airbnb and became a resort in the Philippines. So I put a lot of my time and effort into that once I lost that Amazon business. And that's the reason why 
my my friend called me the pivot queen because I've been pivoting. I was just about to say, yes. that, I was just about to say that. I was about to say that's a perfect example of pivoting, of taking this extra inventory and not losing money on it, but just deciding that you could place it somewhere else. Yes, absolutely. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I lost that Amazon because if I put all my effort in that one, I would not have any future. Well, it served me for the last, seven years of me doing business with Amazon, I was able to live a, a good life, but it's not, you know, it's not, I just don't own that business. Someone else owned that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And uh, so you also have been, um, besides the spa, it sounds like you've also done some investing in property, real estate. Yes. Yeah. So, um, which I'm hitting towards there. I have, I call it a dirt bag business. You're going to laugh about this. So I, I own a piece of raw land. I, I have campers go there, bring their tent and I charge them X amount of money a night. There's no services. Literally, it's like a dirt bag business and that one makes money. And I have converted bus. I had bought military truck. So it's kind of like a Burning Man by the National Park. And I mean, with with a low entry of capital and a high return investment, it's like I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Since the pandemic happened, because my resort was shut down in the Philippines, my brick and mortar store in California shut down for a year. So I was able to figure out and reinvest into this kind of investing. And I would just like being able to learn it by just testing one and then, you know, scale it. That's incredible. So I actually just, ironically, I just watched Nomad Land last night. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet, but it really is about these people who who travel from kind of campground to campground or even areas that are not necessarily of campground, but just like spaces in the desert. And they, you know, set up shop there. It's, it, it's an it's an incredible movie if you haven't seen it, but that reminds me of of what you're doing here. Oh my god, I had to watch that movie then. Yeah, yeah. Nomadland. It's on uh, it's on Netflix. Oh no, it's on Hulu. Oh. Um. So, what is your what is your brick and mortar business? I have that facial center in here in Orange County. I actually have two locations. I have to shut it down again. Same as what you shared. My my retail rent is so high. About like. You know, it cost me 15 yeah. grand a month to just upkeep it and being shut down for a year. It doesn't make sense for you to continue. So I have to shut it down and be very smart. And I, uh, you know, I, I just landed a smaller, um, a smaller office at this time. I, crazy. I'm actually doing, I have, I'm having a loss going with, with my commercial landlord. Unfortunately, that's ha- going on at the moment. But hey, it's part of the business, you know. It's never really fun, and uh, no. y- you won't you won't make it until you get sued, right? <laughs> exactly. I know. I think that a, a lot of landlords have done that. I I didn't have a very pleasant experience either. So we could talk about that offline. But so you also actually give advice to people. So in terms of building a brand. Can you talk a little bit about that? If anyone was interested in in working with you, what are the what are the what are the tools that you do? What kind of ad- advice and consulting do you offer? Yeah, I, I think I, I I think my my one of my strongest talent I think is really scaling and finding opportunities. So 
I, I look for companies that are stuck as far as growth and I could dissect their company. What is it they're, they're missing? Because it's good to see it. In, 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 like once people share to me what's going on, I can see what are the things that need to fix. And in order for you to run a business, a successful business, there's a lot of components for you to understand there's like the people problem, the process problem, the culture, there's strategy and there's cash problem, right? Like, like, and a lot of us entrepreneurs, we only see the two or three, never see the other side. But in order to scale a business from six to seven, seven to eight, you need to all of those working together. So if somebody has a product and and you're, I, I know this is like, does it applies, you, you look at each individual, but what would you say are kind of the easy um, scalable things? Is it often marketing, advertising? What, what are the things that are off right out of the gates, um, kind of simple tools for people to increase their business? Yeah, if it's a local business, they really have to spend the money on marketing, spend a good company working on their SEO and really build on as far as their Google My Business. I've been utilizing that for my love on my business here in California. And that's working really well with not me spending any marketing, just utilizing that, making sure there's so many reviews. You really have to find a really good agency that could, could you know, whether it's an e-commerce, really good SEO, because there's a lot out there, but you don't really know if it's working, right? So we invested yes. with a good agency and that's been helping a lot. My other business in the Philippines, my resort business, I've actually just utilized storytelling technique and, and utilizing influencers marketing. So I, I don't really have to spend money on marketing. I, I at one point have videos that could reach up to 7 million views by just utilizing people's talent and, and their video creation and you know, leveraging storytelling is huge, whether it's a, my story, my company brand story or a customer story. That's been such a powerful tool that works for us. I would imagine. So how do you even uh, get these influencers to do that for you? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we, we do a lot of trades. So I, I look if they are really align with my company values and they're the right, you know, demographic to our audience. And we do trades. They, they literally would stay there for three nights and they, they build us great content. The crazy thing is I was able to get them when they're not as popular. And now they're, they're the top influencer in the Philippines, but I got them for free. So that's really, <laughs> that was a blessing. Um, but yeah, like, then using their images and their content, I, I'm just you know utilizing it on Facebook using Facebook Live or those video watch, you know, like mm -hmm. playing it over and over again. So how challenging is it to have a company, even if it's in your home country, that isn't in the country that you live in now? Actually, I find it very easy, Laura. I think once you have the right people that really embracing of your vision and mission of your company, it's so much easier. I didn't have any problem. They were actually operating for two years before I even saw the property. Uh, we built it wow. from the ground up. So I think the key is you really need to learn how to lead and making sure everyone feels embrace celebrated and cherish and but i've made several mistakes over the past years of being a hardcore boss and you know 
it's not gonna help you long term so you really have to find a way how to unleash people's potential and uh oh, i like that yeah so uh, i uh I'm lucky to have people that I've cultivated and developed and they're loyal to me, but that really comes with your leadership and how you treated them and taking care of them. Leadership means taking care of each other. Yes. So I I totally agree. I have an amazing team now and I know that I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without them. I'm curious, what would be some examples of some mistakes that you made with forming a team, with getting people? Oh, in the beginning of the year, just a, a very early manager, you're, you think, you know, it's my way or the highway, right? It's always the case. And being a control freak, you can't really reach, you know, you can't scale being a control freak. You're only going to be good as your hand can reach. And so having people, you know, going that same direction with you, I mean, that's the important key to scale your business. And uh, yeah, I made several mistakes of managing people, I, you know, with stuff. You know, it's only my way. I never really listen to how they feel. It's all about me. And it, that's not how, how to run or lead people. Exactly. It almost has to be, it's like that soft hand, you know, where you lead and set the example. But I think not being attached to, a way, like you're saying, because then you're going to be really stuck when things don't go that way. And then there's blame that could be created. And and it is, it's great to have those parameters and very high standards. But then, like you said, finding the right people and letting, unleashing their potential is essential. Yes, absolutely. And what happened is we're, you know, we oftentimes, we, we want everyone to be perfect, but if someone can do 80% of the job, that's way better than you doing it all. If you think about it, if five of your employees can do 80% of what you can do, that's 80 times five. Mm-hmm. So this is such an, an important part. I'd love to hear what you would say for people who, again, are starting off, who don't feel like they have the money to spend on outsourcing, and yet they're spending so much time doing all of this stuff. What is your advice to those people in terms of finding where where should they start outsourcing for their business to grow? Yeah, well, I understand in the beginning when you you don't really have the budget, I have to do it all. I wear all different hats. It took me maybe the first four years of my business, I was being resourceful because I didn't really have that much money, right? You got to be creative. But if you could hire someone that could do the folding of your clothes or things that really costing you money you, you, if if you know you should focus into strategic move or how can you grow your your company and hire virtual assistants cheaper you can hire them what four hundred dollars a month and that feed up their time into strategizing how can you grow your business and all that yes. tiny little we call it buffer blocks that you know that she shouldn't be doing so is there a um, particular website or company that you recommend for virtual outsourcing? I actually don't. I think I had an advantage for me because I, I understand the culture so much. So it's easier for me to handle, you know, the ins and out of it. But my husband, Dan, he's the master of, he loves to hire people. So <laughs> I think he loves to look for people. I think he utilized LinkedIn a lot. I think my, once he, he put me the right people and then I, I would just lead them and then 
that's how we we hand off the job and but even with you when you hire a filipino va for example there's a lot of culture things that you need to understand like sometimes they'll just a yes of everything even though they're not capable of doing it because they want to please you so you really have to set that rules right away like hey you need to be very honest with me and upfront with me that you can't do this this job instead of just being just yes to everything even though they don't know what what to do that certain tasks that's a, oh, yeah, a big absolutely. problem that's so important like you said understanding the culture because different cultures have different work ethics or di- like you said just this desire to please which doesn't always translate into desire being able to do something Absolutely. Are you, is your husband um, also involved in the business? And is he also from the Philippines? No, he's from here. Um, he's from the US. He grew up in Connecticut. We started working together the last two years. So he's my integrator. I mean, he, he does PR for me. He does all of my marketing, the podcasting side. So we split our tasks. I, I do all the visionary and building phase. That's great. Yeah, so. That's wonderful. So what is it like um, living with somebody you're working with? I mean, I have a little bit of that myself, but I'm curious from your end. It is fun. It's not fun during the pandemic because you're in a wall in that one house. <laughs> it gets overwhelming. I think we all have the same issue. Like you need to have a space, but the key is as long as you really know your lane and you're not overlap it, I think that's the only way it works. And uh, my husband is chill. I'm the type A, so we all could could work. And he, he's a yin or a yang. But there are times where sometimes I don't, you know, I don't treat him as as my partner. I, I treat him as an employee, and that's something that I need to remind myself. And I'm still a working progress, but we, for the most part, we work really well together. That's amazing. Do you have any? Um... Do you have any kind of issues or troubles with the parameters? Like, okay, now we got to d- turn this off and you know go and have a dinner and not talk about work, or do you kind of look at it like it's pretty fluid and it's not a big deal if we, you know, sometimes bring our work talk into our non-work time? Oh my god, when you're a serial entrepreneur, <laughs> when do you ever not talk about business, right? <laughs> I think sometimes when I go, um, like I'm, I'm like, if I want to go somewhere, okay, well let's. This day, no business talk or no clubhouse discussion this day. Like you just have to set the intention of that day. But like when both of you are obsessed with business, like it's hard not to talk about it all the time. But as long as you're very mindful of having a time together, I think um, then that's okay. But it's so much fun to talk about business all the time. I know, right? It, it is. It is joyful. Sometimes we, sometimes my husband will be like, "Let's just take a walk and not talk about anything," and then I'll, it'll creep up, you know, because it's just like it is, uh, kind of part of our of our daily lives. Now, you mentioned Clubhouse. I want to leap into that. Uh, how did you get involved in Clubhouse? Can you explain Clubhouse to people, listeners who might not know what it is or what it's kind of in game is? Yeah. So Clubhouse is like a live podcast. Last radio um what's great about it is there's no recording unless someone 
sing. It's recorded. So it's, it's, it's so much fun. If you love business, there's a lot of category, business category, which we started actually, we run the longest room ever, 20 days straight, 24 hours a day. And that was the start of the whole business category and clubhouse but it's so much fun like i said there's entertainment out there a lot of great content there's some fun content not fun content so it's actually a fun app it's a voice app that you should be joining yes yeah, so you are you were early on in it but you weren't part of the development of it is that correct correct i'm not part of it i'm just i was just there i think to i mean early december Early on, right. Mm-hmm. And so how often are you on that app? You used to be all the time. <laughs> While I'm multitasking, now I'm, I'm way more mindful of my time. So in terms of social media, for people, again, who are looking to expand their business, how important is social media? And of all the different apps that are out there, which ones would, would you say people should kind of dive into and, and spend some extra time on? Yeah. So if if you want to build your personal brand, I definitely would recommend utilize Clubhouse. If you want to look for a partnership, definitely I would say, you know, utilize Clubhouse is too. I think it's the fastest way for you to really build your personal brand. If you have so much value to provide, that's where you can get followers, the people that would embrace you. And that would even grow your Instagram followers. I mean, the real people that really a big fan of you because they can hear your voice. They can hear your authenticity. They, they, they know the real you for some reason. It's been super, super successful as far as building your personal brand. Gotta, you got to tackle Clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. So that's really good. Instagram obviously is a good one. Do you use any of the others like TikTok or Facebook? I, I do use Facebook a lot. I think Facebook for me, I love Facebook, but I haven't been on Facebook in a while. Um, not, I'm not a big fan of TikTok, even though I've had a lot of friends that really obsessed with it, but it's really good for business. But so far, uh, building a personal brand on Facebook is strong for me. Utilizing storytelling, that's key. You really have to curate and know what to post, how you 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 share your story. That's the, the important key. Mm, that's uh, yeah. That's absolutely. Um, I think that's what people want to know because they want to know the face behind the brand or whatever you are trying to sell the product, whether it's something you offer as a service or what, whether you offer something as a product. It's it's also it's really valuable to see the connection of the human behind it. Yeah, absolutely. People want to know who they're doing business with. I mean, people don't really care about your product or services. They want to hear who you are, your stories, and your magic. That That's why they buy your product or services. So you're a mom of two. That's correct? Yes, two boys? yes, yes. So for all the moms out there that are trying to blend being a mama and being a businesswoman, can you give a couple pointers of advice? I have to say, um, if you're starting a business, I don't think there's such thing as balance. It's either you're a mom or you're an entrepreneur. I mean, unfortunately, for you to run a successful business, especially startup, you really have 
to focus your time and devoted for it. Unfortunately, um, I miss a lot of my kids play and game school games. I wasn't there. I mean, it, it was my uh, ex-in-laws taking care of my kids, but um, it's very difficult. I mean, you have to pick I, one I, or the I, other. I, I so appreciate, yeah, I so appreciate your honesty there because I think that this idea that we can be the superwoman and do it all really, really well is um, it's just setting us up for such a, such failure, you know, and such disappointment and exhaustion. <laughs> because a you got to take care of number one, which is yourself, and then to run a business like you said, it is it's it's its own. You know, you have to be a mother to your business, so it's it's a really it's a hard balance. Did you had you already started that initial uh, foray into being an entrepreneur before kids? No, I was uh, I was kids. I was mom first, and then um, entrepreneur. So, you know, uh, I, I mean, at this point, I I really have to. I, I had this conversation with my kids because my eight year old at the time, I asked him, "Hey, if you describe mommy, what would you say?" And he said was mommy's always busy and that was like you know it, it was difficult oh, like to a hear knife yes, yes it, was, yeah. it was very painful and I really sat down and apologized to them you know the reason why I wasn't there and I hope they'll forgive me one day but it's definitely a lot of regrets right there yeah but I yes. can't do well, both it's, it's one or the other it yeah and you're not, it's never too late. You know what I mean? Like my kids are now older on the other end of it. My, I have an 18-year-old and an almost 16-year-old and they need you less for sure. Um, and I think they also, they learn so much from seeing that you have a passion for what you're doing and this bigger service in the world, not only just to make your own money and have stability for the family, but this um, passion that is be, has its own energy to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was a really good conversation and I'm glad that we did that. But I think my youngest one, he's definitely going to be the entrepreneur. I think the eldest one, definitely not going to be the entrepreneur because he's, <laughs> he's hearing all the stress that going through. But let's see, we'll never know. You never know. Yeah, and yeah. You know, the thing is, People can be, you know, my dad was an orthopedic surgeon and he was gone a lot. Um, you know, that's a, that's a very high demanding job. Um, but I remember him as being a wonderful father, not him not being around in the same amount. You know, that's, so it's more the feeling and the, the feeling of the security that your parent gives you, not necessarily mm -hmm. the time always. Yeah, so what absolutely. is next for you? What are you imagining for yourself um, personally in the next five to 10 years? Oh, definitely. I uh, I wanted to retire early. I want to just be a nomad, travel over to Europe. That's the reason why I've created different businesses so I could just enjoy life and work whenever I can. Definitely working above the business that in the business. So definitely working smarter, not harder. That's my goal. Wait, you have you have eight businesses? No, I have four right now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really wanted to enjoy life more, travel and less business. That's my oh, goal. Well, I think that's a great goal. So for anybody that wants to work with you, find out more about you, how can they... What kind of services do you offer? I was looking on your site and you were talking about the 
the different type of, what did you call them? The land geek, the outsource school, the challenges, aesthetic challenge, epic challenge. Can you tell us a little bit about these services that you offer? Yeah, those are the, the the classes that I recommend for people if they want to invest, if they want to buy businesses. Those are the people that you know I, I highly trust. But for me, they can book a call strategy call for me. We do some PR as well. That's something that we offer. But mostly mm-hmm. strategy call for a business. If you're stuck, you don't know what to do with your business. You need a little bit of uh, a little bit of umpar. You know, I can take a look at your business and I'll be happy to you know like give them suggestion. Does that give you a lot of um, satisfaction to be able to look at all these different businesses and like, oh, wow, because you have fresh eyes on it and see what what you can do? I'm, Yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. And at the end of the day, businesses are the same no matter what industry. It's the same issue. Yeah, it's so true, right? Like you provide a service, you need customers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Had it, yeah. Had it, yeah. How do you get eyeballs yeah. on you? All right. Yeah. So where can people find you, Kate? Yeah, you can find me um, uh, on my website at katehancock.com. If you want to email me, it's at hello at katehancock.com. I'm on Clubhouse too at Kate Hancock or the Pivot Queen. So connect me there. Uh, you, you'll hear me there talk or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm, I'm super active on Instagram at official Kate Hancock. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. It was such a joy to talk to you. And I'm, I'm really impressed with um, all that you've done in such a short amount of time. You're still so young. And I think you'll really give some great insight for people who are struggling because being an entrepreneur is a bold move to not work for someone else, but work for yourself. But it is probably one of the most satisfying things. And um, not letting uh, disappointment or speed bumps or anything get in the way, but um, using Kate Services, other ideas, for creating um, like the brand that you want. So thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, yes. And for everybody who's listening, check out Kate. And as always, I'm pulling for you. 